0: Welcome to episode two of the Higher Self Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Elise Miller, founder of Muse and Method, and I am really excited to bring this conversation to you today focused on the concept of a guide word. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny timing for some people, I think, to do this now that we're well in the month of January. You're like, why didn't we do this on January 1st? Well, it's because January 22nd is actually the lunar new year. And the energy up until that point is very much like go hermit yourself away, not charge forth into the year without any recognition of the actual rhythms of life around us. Now, the Lunar New Year is coming through, there is a shift in the energy, and it is time to set our intentions, to create our plans, (laughs) and to move forward with new, bright, focused, and um, vibrant energy. So here we are today. This is a practice that I have kept for many, many, many years. And in the last few years, I've gotten really intentional about not just having a word that I, you know, kind of remember every once in a while, if I'm good. I actually try to design it into practices and bring it through my life and really remember it when I'm making big choices and also pursuing practices in my days. And so I want to cover a couple of things today. I'm going to cover what the heck a guide word is. Some people call it a word of the year. Why choose one? Why it's better than having an outcome goal or a New Year's resolution? How to keep it alive and turn it into actionable practices for yourself? And I'm going to share what my guide word was for 2022 and what I learned and also what my guideboard is for 2023 as we are moving into the lunar new year on January 22nd which I'm recording this on January 21st on Saturday and we are starting into the new moon so it's an auspicious time also to simply plant the seeds of anything new that we want to bring forward in this cycle and it happens to be, you can hear my notebook here It happens to be one of the biggest, closest to new moons that we've had in over 1,300 years. And so I'm looking forward to here in a little bit, hopping out and trying to go get a peek at it at sunset, along with that Venus and Saturn conjunction that's happening in the sky this week, which is really, really cool too. So I'm hoping that things will be clear enough for me to get some visible moon, and planets sightings today. But without further ado, let's just go ahead and hop into this concept of a guide word. What the heck is a guide word? Why do we want a guide word? How is this different from other approaches? I like to look at a guide word like it's a big theme for the year for you. Like it's an intention that you can set, and you can certainly have more than one intention for the year but I really like to have a single word in my, my own preference, or some people I have seen have a short phrase, just like a couple of words. But I like to have a single word, and it really acts as a North Star. It creates a sense of an anchor for the year that you can always be aligning back to, aligning to, aligning with, and checking in with centering yourself around grounding to it really provides a sense of intentional stability uh, like a core stability for the year and what practices you would like to cultivate the feelings that you would like to have throughout the year it's just kind of a magical limitless way to plan without planning (laughs) as many of us probably are familiar with. There are an endless source, there's an endless source of very masculine-focused planning, goal-setting, outcomes, smart goals, all of these very linear, outcome-based approaches to getting what we think we want. And a lot of the time, I find that these goals that we set for ourselves feel very externally driven. Like, I should lose weight because that's kind of what society tells me I should do or I, sh- you know, I should save money. And uh, a lot of times these outcome goals or news re- resolutions, they're very externally motivated and driven and we kind of get resentful of them very quickly and it's really easy to not accomplish them because one, they weren't aligned with us to begin with. Two, they weren't driven internally by our own sense of values or purpose or what's important to us. And three, it feels just like this external pressure because that's what it is. And sometimes in our lives, you know, we can lose sight of what we really want, of who we really are. And when that happens, we can kind of delude ourselves to thinking that these external pressures and external goals are actually what we want because. Frankly, there's a lot of noise out there that says that that's true. And I want you to just sit with me in this space today. Whenever you happen to be listening to this, you don't have to always have a guide word that starts at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the Lunar New Year or any certain time. You can create and anchor into a new guide word anytime time that you want, any time that it feels right for you. You are on your own timeline and you don't have to adhere to this practice. This just for me seems like an auspicious time of the year to do it and to share it with you. I want to share my guide word for 2022 and what I learned and what my life looked like as a result of practicing and working with that guide word or intention all year. My guide word for 2022 was refine. Now, that, if you look up the different dictionary definition, you can get a whole bunch of definitions around the state of fineness and, of course, refining, which is like bringing back to a state of fineness and purity. And, of course, I really liked that definition, but I was also adding in my own layer of definition, which we'll talk about later when we actually talk about selecting and creating your guide word and one of the aspects of that was really being much more in tune with my body you know like noticing and listening when stimulants like coffee caffeine or alcohol things like that would affect me now I'd already been alcohol free so that was fine but things like caffeine were starting to really (laughs) impact my body in a new way that I hadn't noticed that they had done in a long time so that's an example of one of the things that I had I brought into daily practice of is like really noticing and discerning what I was putting in my body and exposing my body to things I was doing with my body when I needed rest and didn't. So it was a huge refinement of my body. I was also looking at refinement in my exterior world, like actually organizing my house and getting things into their place and tidying up and getting rid of clutter. I was looking at refinement from the perspective of Not doing everything (laughs) like I have a tendency to do for years and years and years in my life, my entire working career of always adding on more and never having focus. So I was really thinking about refinement from that perspective of how do I strip things away to what is really essential that I can get done and do a good job at. And so you can see how this concept or theme or guide word of refine could play out in different areas of my life. And I really also was looking at kind of refinement as this burning away process of getting rid of what no longer served me, what was no longer needed, and getting back to this state of purity. And getting a lot more clarity around my gifts and my purpose for being in this world as a human living a life on this material plane but also as a cosmic being like where am i in all of this and what is my greater po- like purpose cosmically i was also looking at embodying more divine feminine traits and really stepping into that now the divine feminine is something that i've been working with for a couple of years now i'd been so hyper masculine And how I was showing up in the world very dominant and pushing and forward and success focused and driving and working and being the breadwinner and all of these things for so many years that I had totally lost touch with my feminine. And um, so I was also like bringing in aspects of the divine feminine and really trying to find the right balance of what felt right for me and refining those attributes And in general, it was focused on discernment all around, like really seeing patterns, really seeing manipulations of myself, of others around me in the world itself, and really letting go of not having to be in control of things too. So it was like, what can I really let go of? This refinement process for me in general was really a stripping away, a releasing a cleansing, a purification overall throughout all areas of my life. I also got a lot of clarity around my leadership style, my presence, the qualities of how I hold space. I revealed the work to be done in the next coming horizons of my life and got really clear on that. In 2022, I feel like I started to walk toward that direction, but I was still also a little tentative. And um, so so that was really interesting to watch too. There was that that process that was happening. But I also just got so much information on what my body, like I said in the beginning of this, what my body needed and what it reacts to and how things affect it. Now this year, I'm working with the concept of trust. And that's a guide word that has just been really, really coming through for me. I'll share a little bit more about a couple of ways that you can try to find your guide word or allow it to emerge to you. Trust for me was coming through on a whole bunch of levels in the last year, like last several months. And especially right now, I was doing a lot of work and my job around studying and talking about building trust and being trustworthy. So this concept of trust was like really in my field at the time. And I was doing a lot of research around it and also having a reaction to it, honestly, energetically, because in my research, I was uncovering so many perspectives around how I feel like society was kind of missing the point about trust. Like, people would share with me some of their biggest challenges as it related to building trust were things like the fact that they were told in a job that they were too trusting and too trustworthy. And then I went down a whole rabbit hole around researching this concept. Like, is there actually a thing of being too trusting and too trustworthy? And, oh my gosh, the internet just really resoundingly says, yes, this is a huge issue. Like, don't open your heart, don't be an empathic person, don't be trustworthy, you'll get taken advantage of and all of this. And so I just feel like there's such a fascinating energetic around trust and granting trust and giving trust to people and earning trust and being trusted. And so this theme was like really coming through my work. And I was handling it a lot, writing about it a lot. There's also it feels like a huge transition coming on multiple levels in my life and the lives of a lot of people around me in 2023. And in the past, I would have done my best to prepare to game plan, to have a whole path laid out in front of me with multiple options and contingencies. And I would have just controlled the crap out of, or pretended to control the crap out of, you know, Having it all buttoned up and tidied away, and you know, having a, a complete transition created for myself. And now, doing more work with the divine feminine and being much more connected to my inner self and the values and guidance and gifts, I really cannot connect with that energy whatsoever. And the energy I am starting to connect with and this is why i'm picking trust as my year for this my word for this year is that i if i did my best work in trying to plan and control what my life would look like it would pale in comparison to what's actually possible if i just showed up every single day in complete trust and surrender following what i am aligned with pursuing with devotion and being committed to the things that I am good at and here to serve with in this lifetime. What can result from that? I can't even fathom with my planning mind. And so if I were to put a plan together, it would just be limits that I'd be placing on myself And again, like externally driven pressures to do something and to follow a certain path and to have this attachment to things being a certain way. And what I'm exploring this year and really feeling into and expanding into is trust and trusting that as long as I am aligned, centered, grounded, moving toward what I feel drawn to, what feels with ease and flow and excitement and what feels juicy and fun, honestly, and lights me up. If I pursue those things, I I have this trust that I'm working on right now. I'm working on it. It's definitely not fully seated yet. It's not in there embodied fully yet, but I want so badly to just trust that the universe has my back and that everything will work out, but it'll work out in a way that is far exceeding my own wildest dreams of what I could have designed if I tried to. And so for me, this this really requires that I step out of this control dynamic. life and that I recognize that I am a part of something so much bigger with patterns and cycles and rhythms that I cannot comprehend, that I am a part of, that I cannot see or grasp or touch or control, that I cannot know for sure, but it feels like things are moving and I just want to be in the flow of that this year. I I think the more in the flow, the better, the more trust, the better. And so for me, I'm, I'm looking at a few different areas of my life. First of all, which I'll get into in a second. The first thing that I did was to think really like, what does this trust mean and look like for me if I had to describe it? And it really is like knowing I'm part of something much bigger that the more I surrender and go with the flow, the better things will be, and the more abundant my life will be, and the more taken care of I will be. And this looks like ease, surrender, flow, devotion, like really actually showing up in practice, alignment, timelines of my own and not society's or not anyone else's or even not ones that I'm forcing And then this concept of flowering, allowing and flowering and just allowing things to blossom in their own way, in their own time, in in their own beauty. And so I look, I'm looking at three areas, self-trust, trust trust and opening to others in my life and trust in the universe. And so I explored like self-trust. What does this mean to me? I'm really focusing here on more inner guidance, less consumption. And what I mean by that is like less looking to experts on how to run a business, how to post things on Instagram, how to lose weight, how to do anything. These people may be experts at how to do that for themselves, but they're not experts in how I would feel most aligned, nourished, and complete in doing those things. And so, I'm going to stop consuming advice in general. I'm also going to stop seeking from others things like love and validation and worth and certainty, which has been a practice that I've been on for several years now. But especially validation, one of the things that I've struggled with, I've noticed, is related to stepping forward in my leadership, which is that I have a tendency to hope and wish that others will recognize my leadership quality and my value such that then I can show up and be that leader. And I recognize now that I have to validate that for myself. I have to recognize my own leadership and my own value and step forward in the leadership before anybody can see it in me. So It's like such a paradox there. Um, something for me to work on. This concept of integrity and wholeness with my values and being in full alignment with my values, creating practices that nourish me, working according to my own rhythms and when I have energy and don't, and when I need rest and don't, listening to the quiet messages in my body and in my emotions and energy and my subconscious, so that's like a... a Practice that's going to continue from last year with refine into trust this year. So, really not just noticing these things and making changes, but like really trusting in them and honing and and developing that trust muscle around myself and all of these very subtle cues and clues and pieces of information and messages. So, they don't have to shout at me. (laughs) Seeing my worth as a leader, which I mentioned, and actually being that leader. Confidently and courageously sharing my voice, ideas, and creations and being more visible in that. So really trusting my voice, trusting I have something to share this whole time. I'll just pause for a moment and be like very vulnerable. This whole time I've been recording this podcast, I've noticed that I have stumbled over my words a whole bunch of times. And as a result, I've wanted to just scrap it and start over. And I... (laughs) This is something that I know is going to keep coming through for me as I record these. This is not going to be, for the foreseeable future, some amazingly well-edited studio podcast where there is no dead air, there are no mistakes, there are no word flubs, there are no, you know, turns of words that I wish I could go back and change. Like, I'm just going to keep moving through and sharing what I have to share in the moment, knowing that that is enough. That's got chills. (laughs) Thanks for witnessing that moment with me. Uh, Let's continue into trusting yourself (laughs) after that little tangent. Trusting that I will attract what is meant for me if I show up as the leader that I am. When I show up like that, When I use my voice courageously and stop hiding, when I shine my lights, I will attract and magnetize everything that is meant for me. That's self-trust. And then following my creative instincts and impulses. Like when I want to create something, when I have an idea for something, I'm going to stop second-guessing it. That's going to be a huge practice this year. If I feel like it's something that would light me up to create... And it would create value in the world and bring value to others. I'm going to go for it this year. And instead of just sitting on all these ideas, I have journal upon journal upon journal and Google Doc and Notion documents and just ideas everywhere coming out the wazoo. And I've done nothing with it other than collect them and hoard them like some gold hoarding dragon over here. So I'm going to start sharing them this year. And then of course, like doing what nourishes me, trusting what that is in the moment, even if it doesn't necessarily look like self-care to everyone else and sitting in the void when it's needed, trusting the rhythms and the cycles. And when I find myself in a void moment or when I find myself in an emotion that isn't particularly comfortable, knowing that that is existing for me to use and to work with. And it is there for a reason. There's learning in there, there's time and processing in there, there's unraveling happening there, and to trust it. Then the second part is really trust and opening to others. And something I have really been working with, but want to continue really bringing into practice this year is loving without abandon or need for reciprocity. So, really actually showing up in life and loving unconditionally which we do not have in this world. Hardly any examples of this that exist at all. And I, I really just, I want to not hold back at all. I want to fully give emotions and gratitude. I want to generously praise and pour into other people and just allow that to just flow from my heart into others. <laughs> it's sad to think that I would have held back on some of these things in the past and Out of fear of, I don't know what, coming across as too much or too emotional or uh, too intimate or, you know, any number of these things. and thinking about how I could have really been more generous to other people with my words and my affection. I want to always assume positive intent from others and really see their side of what's going on. Part of that trusting other people needs to be trusting that they are not trying to do anything to me. I'm not a victim over here. They're not trying to get one over on me. They are acting with positive intent and I need to assume that even if they aren't, honestly. This concept of returning non-love with love is going to be huge for me this year and seeing the soul behind the human and remembering who I am is really all I have control over. So (laughs) if I can connect with my higher self, and communicate what I need and not hope that people will be different and wait for people to change but just honestly accept them as they are in any given moment. That feels like it would free up so much energy <laughs> for me and I, I also want more physical, energetic, emotional and mental intimacy and I want to create space for that connection with other people. And really share my intentions in doing that and clarify their intentions too. Like actually ask them what's behind what they're doing and the things that they're working on and how they're interacting with me and not in a way that's judgmental or like, why are you doing this this way? But in a real curious way to know where they're coming from and where they're sitting in the moment and what's alive for them. Avoiding assumptions, being patient and tolerant with other people, being full of grace and grateful and compassionate, knowing that everyone else is on their own timeline and that I can't wish people would be different and wish people would heal and, uh, you know, change on my timeline. Like everyone is here on their own timeline, working on their own stuff, learning their own things in their own way. And who am I to expect that to be a way that I want it to be? I'm going to drop that this year for sure I'm gonna drop it (laughs) I'm gonna drop it like it's hot and then this concept this is like a funny joke I was (laughs) I'm so laughing to myself on my own joke I was in a car with my husband recently doing some shopping over the holidays or like groceries and we were sitting in the car and I had my phone plugged in and was using it for navigation he's like my phone's gonna die And I was like, well, do you want to plug your phone in? We can plug yours in and we can use yours for navigation. Are you sure I can play music on separately or we can do X, Y, Z. And I kept going on and on and on. And all he had done was say, my phone's about to die. That's it. That's all he said. He didn't say, can I plug my phone in? He didn't ask for help. He didn't need help. And I'm over there like off in a tailspin, totally like innocently, from where I'm sitting but how obnoxious is it when somebody tries to just like fix things for you that are not even things that need to be fixed and I was doing that and I about three or four offers into the conversation of well you could do this or we could do that I caught myself and I was like what am I doing I caught myself and I was like okay I see what I'm doing here and I was literally saying this to him and I go I'm gonna let you be in charge of you (laughs) he had the funniest reaction. He goes, finally, <laughs> he goes, oh my God, I feel like my soul just turned into glitter and floated away. <laughs> and we were both la- dying, laughing in the car. I was like, yes, this is it. I'm going to let you be in charge of you. This is not something you asked me to solve. This was not something that needed to be solved. Who cares if your phone dies? Ethan, you know, like If it was something you wanted to solve, he would have. But I'm over here trying to fix and force and do and change his circumstances and take care of something that was for him. And it's like, why don't I just let him be in charge of him? So part of my trust and opening to other people this year is letting them be in charge of themselves. I have no expectations for who they need to be, how they need to be, when they need to be, why they need to be, and what they need to be. And they are in charge of themselves. Just like I, the only thing I can be in charge of is me. So I'm here for that this year. I also really want to be peaceful inside of conflict and create more space for others to explore and learn from conflict and struggles too. So this to me is being that open, being able to return non-love with love in the moment, remembering who I am and anchoring back to that higher self and Creating space for others to step into that also if they choose to because, right, I'm not in charge of them. I want to share more about my stories and struggles vulnerably and open myself more to the world and becoming more visible and really sharing what I've learned through my entire, you know, self-growth trajectory. I want to collaborate with people with more ease and trust. And this is a huge growth edge for me, honestly. And I have shifted a lot in the last several years around this, but I definitely still have space to go here. And I'm really looking forward to calling it a lot more collaborations in 2023 and doing it with so much ease and fun and play and joy and trust and love and no expectation or pressure. And um, the other thing is like really being open to adventure and invitations from other people. So I'm open to that. I'm going to trust that the right invitations will come from the right people in the right time. And finally, trust in the universe. So like really flowing in the current of life, allowing things to unfold in, in, in their due time, knowing what's coming to me is much more beautiful than I could have planned being actually open and ready to receive what's coming my way. So a lot of times we can ask for things and we can want things. And then when they're presented to us, we are too busy, too distracted, too exhausted to be able to actually receive them and hold them. And so it's going to be a practice for me this year to actually make the space for these things, to make space for divine intervention to make space for god to come through to make space to receive these things that i am trusting that the universe will provide for me and that i'm ready to receive it and i'm going to trust that i'm ready to receive it and that i can handle whatever's coming i also really want to experience life as a gift this year that i get to see in full abundance and co-create with it's a huge gift And uh, all the rhythms that surround us and are part of. And finally, I really want to move towards everything in a posture of devotion. To co-create with the universe. To know that I have everything that I need already. That life is such a gift. That I have a set of gifts uniquely for this lifetime in this time and space right now. And if I devote myself to remembering them and serving with them, that this is all there is. So that is my guide word for trust this year and how I'm defining it and looking at it right now. Now, I haven't turned it into practices yet. And I'm not gonna put that pressure on myself to necessarily map out the plan again. So what I tend to do is to get really clear on what it looks like which is what I've shared with you just now, what it looks like in these three big areas, self-trust, trust in opening to others, trust in the universe. And you can see through some of these things that there might be some really clear practices that I can put into place. Like for me, I know that a morning practice, which is something that I've already started in 2023 with actual devotion this time, here I am 21 days in a row, I know that in that, what I do is I actually create space. I'm showing up with devotion. I'm practicing creating space for the universe to come through, to listen, to journal, to be connected in with my body. And so I know that I'm already off to a start in terms of anchoring in this guide word for 2023. So let's pause here for a second on me sharing. I'm going to flip through my journal here to this other page that I have. (laughs) with some notes for this conversation, and I want to talk to you about how you can go about choosing your guide word. You might have one already on the tip of your tongue or in the top of your mind or whatever, but if you don't and you're looking for one, I want to just remind you that this is really focused on having an intention or an anchor in your life, a theme that you can connect back to, that you can align to, that is aligned to you already in some way that you're feeling kind of magnetized and attracted to. And here are a couple of my favorite ways to find or allow a guide word to emerge for you if you don't have one. The first is asking for it to be revealed to you before you go to sleep and then going to sleep and seeing if anything comes through. And it might not come through right away in a dream or when you wake up in the morning with a brilliant aha moment, it might take some time, but it's a way for you to start playing with your subconscious mind and to see what's emerging there. The second is asking for guidance, maybe in a practice, morning practice, if you have one, or even just in a moment, asking for guidance and then meditating on it. And again, kind of stilling yourself, getting really anchored and uh, allowing anything to emerge that will. You could also pull a tarot card or an oracle card and read the guidebook for any keywords that are popping up or any messages that are coming through that you connect with or you find resonant. This is how it mostly comes to me, which is I see a lot of signs, signals, and synchronicities. So, it always just emerges for me. It's it's something that kind of just like wallops me over the head. Honestly, by the end of the year, it's like in the last year, it had been emerging so much as a focus. It was like, okay, it's really time for you to like actually deliberately take a look at this and bring it into your life now. So it's not something that just popped up in January for me. It's something that has been presenting itself to me. And I've been noticing over and over and over this concept of trust and so I'm like, okay, yes, I, war, I will work with you. So it's like the word has been seeking me and trying to remind me and show up in my field a million bazillion ways. And so I'm like, okay, finally, I will, just, I will work with you. Yes, I will work with you. Um, another thing is like actually reflecting on what you need, not what you think you should have, be, or do. Because remember here with the guide word, we are trying to... Work with a concept or a a theme that is internally aligned and not externally aligned. So oftentimes when we think we should have, be, or do a certain thing, that can be very externally driven. So what do you actually need, not what you want maybe, even? And Another practice that's kind of fun is if you keep a journal, you could go back over that journal, maybe from the last year, a couple of years, and see if there are any themes or words that stick out at you. You could do a mind map. You could brainstorm. You could have a conversation with a friend and talk about your vision for the year and what you'd like to call in and maybe see if something emerges or maybe even a word that they say. You're like, oh my gosh, that's the word. Uh, my... My dear friend Lex, she and I were sitting in a sweat lodge in uh, Mexico last year. And one of the words that came through from those people that were facilitating the sweat lodge was this idea of a quest. And she had such an emotional connection. I hope she's okay with me sharing this story. She has such an emotional connection with this word at that time that it was like, oh my gosh, this word has so much power for me. And so if you've ever experienced that, a word maybe that feels triggering or important or powerful in some way or really resonant in some way to you that kind of comes out of nowhere, take note of that word and remember that. And that could potentially be your guide word. So there are a million different ways that you could allow this to emerge. But I think I just want to encourage you to not push or force to not look at what's popular, to not, you know, try to find something and just make it fit, but allow it to emerge and come to you. Allow it to find you and resonate with you when the time makes sense. And then I want to share practices with you on how to actually keep it alive. So we've talked about what the guide word is. I have shared mine from last year and how I worked with it. I am sharing the one that I have for this year, trust. And what that means to me, and we've talked a little bit about what a guide word is and how to pick one. Now let's talk about how to keep it alive. So there are a lot of fun ways here to bring it into your life, and then I also really just want to share a simple framework for you to actually turn it into behaviors or practices or habits, whatever you want to call it. Let's start with the fun things first. Fun things like share it and declare it. Like actually cast a spell with your guide word, share it on social media, create a post about it, talk to your friends about it, share it with your family. (laughs) Like honestly, use it in your morning practice, in your mantras, create a mantra with it, whatever you want to do, like share it and declare it loud and proud. Keep sharing it and declaring it throughout the year so it does not get lost. Keep it visible This could be a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. You could hang something, a little talisman around the rearview mirror of your car if you drive. You could bring it into your space somehow, maybe create like an actual physical vision board all around your word and every image and word on that vision board are in support of your guide word and really bring it to life in a visual way. You could wear it. maybe you find a shirt that has the word on it or you go and create yourself a custom piece of jewelry like a bracelet that has your word inscribed on it on Etsy or wherever you can find that maybe you put it on your background like your wallpaper on your computer or your phone so this is just a couple of ways for you to like keep it top of mind set phone reminders keep it in your journal Block time in your calendar every day just with the word as a reminder at the beginning of the week. Whatever works for you to keep it top of mind. You don't need to make it a to-do or add it to your list or feel like it's something extra that you've got to handle or work with. You just want to have a gentle reminder of this with you throughout the year or honestly for however long you want to work with the word. You could work with this name your word for ten years, for all I all I know. <laughs> Contemplate it for ten years. Okay, let's talk a little bit about making it a habit, and then I'm going to wrap up this episode. So, now that you have a guide word, let's say you have a guide word like trust. You want to take the time to define that word. It can be great to look up dictionary definitions of the word for inspiration. But I also urge you to actually take the time to write down what it means to you in your own words. And this is great because everyone's going to have a slightly different interpretation of what it means to them. And when you do that, you can start to also envision what that looks like in your life, like I shared in those three areas of self and other and universe If you do that, you can kind of like, here's a step two. Step one is defining what it means to you. Step two is articulating what it looks like in your life. Like what are the desired states, the feelings, what are the actual visuals of what it looks like if it comes to life in your life? Focus it on practices here versus outcomes. So I don't want you to look at like end states or destinations necessarily. If they come through, that's totally fine. No judgment. But the point here is that we cultivate practices and habits with this guide word to really integrate it in your life as opposed to really achieve it as an end state or, you know, a destination. It's more of a practice. So when we're really clear on what it means and what it looks like and feels like, then we can actually start to pick out discernible actions or practices, behaviors that create the practice so you can feasibly do it on a daily, weekly, whatever frequency makes sense for you. And then you're going to start really small. So for example, if I'm focusing on trust and trust in myself and I know that in order to listen to what my body is saying to me I need to cultivate practices around space and stillness and listening, then I'm really clear on a set of behaviors that I could easily implement in the morning, like actually having morning time where I don't talk to anyone, I don't open my phone, I don't listen to anything other than myself. I light a candle and I tune in. I go right into my journal and I receive and write down messages that need to come through, whatever that looks like. That's an example of a daily practice that would allow me to cultivate more listening, more awareness, and more self-trust in what my body is trying to tell me. So I hope that this is a lot clearer now for you in terms of picking a guide word, why and how it's useful to you, How you can translate it into a full vision for the year, and then how you can actually distill that vision down into discernible, repeatable practices that will help you keep your guide word alive in your life so that it makes a huge impact in your 2023. If you choose a guide word and you implement it, I really want to hear all about it. I want to hear your word. I want to hear what it means to you. I want to hear how you decide to put it into practice. What is like one tiny thing that you're going to do to either keep it alive or to actually bring it into your life and your habits? And I also want to hear, do you have any challenges? Have you struggled with creating one or finding a guide word or turning it into habit? Let's have a conversation. Reply to the comments. If you're listening to this on Substack, there are comments available for you. Add a comment. Tell me how it's going. If you see me post about this podcast on social network, share in comments. What's going on? Let's keep the conversation flowing with the guide words. This does not have to be something that we do just once a year and then we never talk about again. Let's keep bringing it to life for each other and supporting each other in this practice. Thank you so much for tuning into this. I hope you found it as helpful and I will see you in the next episode.